Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. What are you looking at? And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing. Uh, so, Craig, what are you looking at? Well, currently I'm looking at our stream of the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast that you can find on my Twitch channel on www.twitch.tv slash Jet082. There's but no W. There's totally a W. I'm looking really? right at it. Um, anyway, my good thing this week. Uh, it's a game that my friend just exposed me to. Uh, he tried to get me to buy it. It came out back in May of last year. So it's a year old uh, as the time of this recording. It's an a strategic RPG with some procedural generation of the world map and questing system. Uh, it's called For the King. It's fun to play. plays up to three players. You can do co-op either online or you can just do a couch co-op in person. But so typical RPG type mechanics, you have your your default classes, although there's a twist instead of a knight or a warrior, you have a blacksmith. But same principle, you have a, a ranger type person, you have the warrior type person, you can pick which class you want. But the good thing is, like I said, it's procedurally generated and it has some roguelike elements to it. So the idea is that you explore, you do quests, you kill creatures, whatever the heck you want. Like you chasm duty. Up- you get these upgrades, which you spend to improve the overall game, which means adding different encounters uh, that you might find on the world map, new character classes that you get to choose from, that sort of thing. Um, but it's fun because you can play it with others. And that is why it's a neat little game. And I picked it up, playing it, and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. To put it in perspective, guys, I played it last night until 3 a.m. We played it for six hours. I was just expecting us to do an hour or two, and suddenly 3 a.m. Whoops. So. Were you playing League of Legends again? No, I was playing For the King. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dave, what you got? Hmm. Let's say my good thing this week is I heard and found out and read and saw and tasted. <laughs> Anyways, they're going to release Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles uh, supposedly this year. I don't know how the schedule is going to work out with the release because, you know, release dates are always sketchy uh, in normal times. But the uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, it's supposed to be coming out this October on Switch with online play. Oh, man. Yeah, I think this is probably the next game that I'll be willing to spend full $60 on. Like, Final Fantasy VII looks cool, but I don't own a PS4, so I'm not going to spend $500 to play it. Like, Link's Awakening Deluxe was really great, but I kind of, like, I didn't feel like I got a full game for $60. But, man, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles with online play, and hopefully, like, you can play with whatever friends you want and still get to keep your character with all your equipment and import that stuff into other people's game. Like, that's there's potential for this to be really cool, and I'm excited about it. So I played Crystal Chronicles back in the day. I think did we play together? Yeah, we played together a little bit. It sucks with two people. It's fun with one person. (laughs) It's funny because Mike and I played that together back in the day. 
Oh, we should play the four of us, and we can do bonus content. Yeah, we can let our viewers watch for some weird reason. Hey, do you remember that game where you're like a king? It's in the Crystal Chronicle universe, and you have a, a town that you like. You, you, you no, it's it's a Crystal Chronicles game. But that's good to be king. I think was what it was called. Maybe that's a but, Monty Python reference. I mean, but you're you're uh, king. Mel Brooks and <laughs> not Monty Python. You improve the town that the people of the the adventures of Crystal Chronicles go to, you know, to pick up <laughs> items and upgrades and things like that. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds interesting. You're the king of town. I would love that they. <laughs> <laughs> I would love them to also release that when they bring Crystal Chronicles to Switch. Maybe it'll be a side game that unlocks bonus equipment for your main quest character. Maybe. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is a game that I won a free code for uh, recently, which I posted the sign-up to uh, potentially win it in our good things and in many other discords because I wanted people to have the chance. And uh, so what they were originally offering was, like, the first thousand people to sign up to their email list would get a free Switch code for this game. And then they got 10,000 people signed up and decided, you know what? We'll still do the first thousand, and then we'll do another thousand just randomly for the the rest of the people who signed up, of which I was one, and I got one. Yay. Would they get 10,000 people to sign up? Yeah. I got that email saying that they were going to do a raffle, but that was all I heard from them. You probably got another email since then, Uh, but the game is called A Robot Named Fight, and it is a roguelike Super Metroid, basically. Um, and it, it is it is giving me that pure Super Metroid experience of I don't know where I'm going, I die a lot, I get stuck frequently, I can't find upgrades, the enemies murder me, it's great. <laughs> Glowing I never, recommendation. I never die in Super Metroid, unless I'm doing low percent ice, in which case I died three times, but still got a PB by 15 minutes. Yeah, hey, congrats on that. I do want to yeah. check that game out. I it's it it, it is legitimately fun. Um, Just tell me they call it Arf for short, please. Arnf, A R N F. But yeah, it's it is fun. I have no idea what it's selling for because I didn't know it existed before I found out about the sign up and was like, "Hey, free game!" I'm stuck at home and bored. That's good. Uh, I thought this email might have been for it, but it was uh, my electric bill. Dang it! Yeah, that's a common mistake. That people make. <laughs> it just says no reply in the subject, so I oh, this could be it. But nope, electric bill. Uh, dang. Um, I mean, that's yeah. probably important to pay, too. It, it actually is a pretty fun game that I am enjoying when I'm not... Electric bill! When I'm not scrambling around like crazy <laughs> trying to uh, <laughs> do my Sunday Animal Crossing stuff so I can buy turnips before and eat we them. have to record. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, abs- accidentally eat them. Good job, me. Stalk market. Uh, so yeah, that's my good thing. Tori, what 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 are you looking at? Well, right now I'm looking at the Discord page. But my good thing this week is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Whoa! Yeah, I know. It looks it's awesome. Bad. It's Yes, it does. It looks so pretty. It's so pretty. I'm just, I'm constantly in awe of how pretty it looks. And also it's fun. And they added a whole bunch of stuff to the original um, like they they really stretched out the plot and 
there's there's side quests and there's mini games and and there there's just so much going on. You so guys, wait, it's so wait. fun. You're saying the gold saucer is even better now. There is I no gold e- saucer. I haven't even made it to the gold saucer. Oh. <laughs> like, it's a three-part release, actually. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think the gold saucer is actually in the. Uh, I thought the gold saucer was sort of early on, but it depends on how much they added. Yeah, no, I think my... it goes until you leave Midgar, and Gold Saucer is not in Midgar. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. My my understanding is that this first this first part is just Midgar, which it's really good that they added stuff because in the original game the Midgar part sucks, and it's it's the stuff you have to slog through to get to the good part of the game. It's kind of funny. I was watching a friend stream it, and he's like, "Oh, this release is just the Midgar stuff." And I actually started the like literally feel a little claustrophobic like ew you can't leave the town that's like five percent of the game but i guess if they rebalance the content so that a third of the game is in midgar it, it could work out uh, unfortunately we don't get a gold saucer date with jesse because that's mm. the gold saucer isn't in midgar although i'm wondering but... if they'll add that in i thought so tori i wasn't sure but i thought so i the uh they Midgar is huge, okay? Like, when I heard that they were only going that far, I was like, eh, because you're right, It's that's kind of the slog of the original game, but uh, they they added so much stuff. Like, the maps are huge, there's all kinds of places to explore, and nooks and crannies and hidden things, and um, yeah. And so I have a question. Yeah. Do you, sure are do. they gonna, like, look at your save file for the other episode so you get to continue the same characters and i really hope so i don't know that if you build up all the relation points with jesse and then end up on a date with barrett (laughs) that's gonna suck (laughs) and suddenly barrett (laughs) uh in the original game like you don't even get to see that much of midgar you only explore what like two or three different sectors i I remember the first time i played that yeah i wouldn't even call it exploring honestly it's true yeah I remember the first time I played Final Fantasy VII, the original. Midgar felt like a lot to me at the time. Yeah, I was a kid. And I'm like, man, there's this whole thing. And I didn't even know there was an outside like map and world. And then it's probably how the people in Midgar feel. Alone. It's like Bossing Say, actually. Think about you it. You get through the Midgar Zolom or whatever the, the creature's called. And then, boom, there's a map. There's so <laughs> much to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I do want to pick up the game. But, Tori, I'm sad. The only thing I'm sad about is... Out. I'm sad that there's oh, no that Warcraft for you. game. I tried to order it because I'm like, you know, everyone is streaming it. <laughs> everyone. And I don't want to watch it because I want to experience Buy it. Buy it digitally. Did they run out of digital copies? Well, I don't want to do digital. I don't do digital for PS4 because I don't play it that much and I don't want to keep it updated. So uh, I just want the physical copy for PS4 games. I hear you. I might have to buy digital, though. Unless unless I can't. Do you know, Tori? Uh, you should be able to buy digital. So, especially not- again, because there's three, there's going to be three games, and I want to make sure everything is hey. good and available if I'm going to continue you, playing. Are you telling me there's not going to be my favorite character, Kate Sith? He's the and strongest character in the game. He's not going to be the in the strongest, first part. Right. That's yeah. why they have to have a speedrunning category <laughs> where he's not, well, not necessarily allowed, but you can't use his ability, the, the slots yeah, or something. Yeah, well, so. I ordered the deluxe edition, which came with an art book, and because it is only going through Midgar, it's like, so here's this, the scenery, and here's the characters, and, and yeah, Kate Sith isn't in there, Yuffie's not in there, 
Sid's mm. not in there. So um Vincent's not in there. Yeah, you don't get to go to the haunted yeah. house. But in episode two, you get to do the haunted house and gold saucer and all that good stuff. I hope so. But so it's fun and I'm enjoying it and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. So yeah, that's my good thing. Yeah, from the streams I watch, it does look really cool. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I wonder if this first section actually has any like post plot content. Like like almost every Final Fantasy game has has you know post game content where you've got optional super bosses. I'm wondering if they're doing this for like each of the sections and having it like appropriate to yeah, I could really see what you are at the time. In in this first one, I could really and and I I have no idea if they actually did this, but uh, you know, in the in the early parts of the game, uh, Cloud is is like, you know what? I think I'm I'm really going to embrace this mercenary thing and and make that my job now. And so Teeth is like, yeah, let me help you get some mercenary jobs to build up your rep. And so that's what all of the early side quests are. So I could see them having maybe more of that later. Um, but I, d- I don't know that they do. But that would be a really logical thing for them to have done. I will say, Mike, based on just browsing Twitch, the stream titles would indicate that there are endgame side quests. Cool. Uh, all right. So let's let's move on to our chapters this week because we have a lot of material to cover. Materia? Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, this week I read chapters 44 through 46 of Final Fantasy VII Remake by Square Enix. Chapter 44, The Weeping, the Anhragrigrum, with fancy letters like these, no wonder only half the population can read. Kaladin has seasonal affective disorder. Amaram's arrival. The lack of storms leaves Kaladin without strength. Hmm. Why can't you infuse fears during the weeping? Laryl is engaged. The odds were not ever in Tien's favor. All right. I want to understand what the heck that reading thing one is. Ahari Etienne. Yeah. So if you look at the artwork juxtaposed with the beginning of chapter 44. Oh, okay. It's this really fancy calligraphy where C's look like O's and e's look like eights like it's impossible to read like no wonder only half the population can read when the letters are so crazy and unreadable like this uh that's actually been translated into english uh wrote um alethi script is interesting we'll we'll dig up some examples for you here in a bit yeah well this word actually recurs in chapter 45 i believe yeah, chapter 45, they actually used this word. I was like, oh, that's the word that I, I couldn't read because the letters are too fancy. But right now we're in chapter 44, the weeping. So yeah, there every time this time of year, there's this thing called the weeping where it's like just this light spattering of rain. There's a high storm kind of in the middle of it. And it's just this like rainy, depressy time. And I think Kaladin like legit, like Tori's talked about this, like legitimately has seasonal effective disorder yeah because he's just he's just sad during the weeping yep so are you are you questioning what the weeping is no oh you had a question about why dude i i told you like i understand there's just this super villain with a weather machine off to the (laughs) east somewhere and then he's like this time of year (laughs) it's time for the weeping uh yeah so Calding is fixing the roof here because it's raining and Amaram shows up 
Remember, in earlier chapters, we know that Kaladin was in Amaram's army. So Amaram actually shows up to Hearthstone to recruit some people. And there's also kind of a thing where Kaladin says, like, oh, I don't like this mopey weather. I, I prefer the high storms with the high energy. I'm like, well, yeah, of course you do, because you're the... You're the guy that draws the power from the stormlight, right? I want to be the guy. <laughs> Not that guy. Yeah, and I'm actually just side question. Why can't it's mentioned they can't infuse the uh, the spheres during the weeping? But there is a high yeah. storm in the middle of the weeping. So, well, so keep in mind, high storms. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three a week during the weeping. It's four weeks, and you just get one high storm. I thought it was two weeks. Okay, it's four. Weeks. Whatever. Sure. I thought it was four weeks. Someone can correct me. What's a week? It's four weeks. And I don't actually know how long a week is on Roshar. I would lean toward 10 days. Yeah, I thought we had said it was 10 days. When in doubt, it's 10. So Earth times, that's a month, almost a month and a half. Yeah. So that's a long time to go without being able to get your uh, orbs infused you don't necessarily need them infused unless you need to use them as a flashlight or unless you can draw on their power like caliting somehow or unless you need to spend them without having someone look them over with a with a jeweler's loop to make sure that they're yeah, inconvenient guys though. each no. week is five days oh so it's faster so it's only 20 days of no high storm okay. but again keep in mind it's like every two or three days there's a high storm like that's crazy it's it's weird to think about because the text doesn't really talk about it, but just think that every couple of days they are shut in while the high storm passes by. I can't even imagine being shut in frequently <laughs> for that long. Gosh, that'd be crazy. Thanks, Mike. Too soon, man. Too soon. Well, there's this big caravan and announcements show up, and it turns out that Laryl is engaged, so... Rashwan was going to marry off Laryl to his son, Riller, but uh, Riller is dead now. So he's just going to marry her instead because of the connections. Uh, Straff venture. <laughs> also, <laughs> is, is, also is that your casting uh, choice for Roshone? Is Straff venture? My casting choices. It wouldn't be. Yeah. So Laryl is engaged, and also his cousin Amaram shows up. That is Roshon's cousin Amaram shows up. And Amaram, you know, he's like border patrol sergeant general, and he first takes volunteers for the army. Not enough people sign up voluntarily, so he turns to the city lord, his cousin Roshon. He's like, well, who are you sending? We, gotta, we need more people. And he's like, we'll read the first four names and the last name. So he reads off the names of four NPCs, and then he goes to the end of the list, and we're not worried because Kaladin can't be conscripted because he's too important as the surgeon's apprentice. But oops, it's his brother Tien. So Tien Tien is sent off to war. Kaladin is not allowed to take his place, but he can go along with him and try to protect Tien. And that's the end of Chapter 44. I'm sure this will all work out well. That's the end of Chapter Tien. I'm pretty sure Tien's, like, dead in modern times. Yes, we're going to have to... No, at least least Kaladin thinks he's dead. Kaladin thinks he's dead. Everything's going to be fine. We thought Marsh was dead at one point. That's true, we did. That lasted all of two chapters. Yeah, but that was, like, two weeks from me in real time. (laughs) That's true. Any uh, questions about Chapter 44? No. Not during Dave time. 
All right. Not chapter during f- the weeping. Mm. Chapter 45. Shadesmar. Parshendi have a hive mind like the Formians or the Borg. Why does Shalan suddenly care about Voidbringers? Cabsaw found Shalan. Voidbringers are not underpants gnomes. Aharatium, the last desolation. Cabsaw wants a selfie. Shalan draws more silent. Shalan has a shard blade? Shalan soul casts blood without the Fabriel. All right, so this is obviously a Shalan chapter. No, it's a Capsule chapter. <clears throat> oh, I forgot to mm, forgot to cast that guy. Oh, uh, right. we need to get. We do have cast lists today. That's right. Uh, so let's go fast. Shadesmar uh, is a Shalan chapter. Uh, so Shalan has been ordered to study about King Gavilar's death, and she's reading up on the time when he first meets Parshendi, the advanced version of the Parshmen. And he notices that when some of them are singing a song and he goes to find another group of them, they're singing the same exact song at the same point. And yeah, pretty sure they have some sort of hive mind or they communicate telepathically or at least or something like that. Probably also with the chasm fiends, by the way. Uh, and Shalon is like, oh, all these books reference Goobly Gobbly's uh, biography of King Gavilar. Can I go into the library and find Goobly Gobbly's biography. And Yasna's like, okay. He, and Shalon's like, yeah, I need practice looking up books. And she really wants to go and do a little bit of personal research. Apparently she wants to do more research on the Voidbringers because that's what Yasna has been doing. But I, with all that Shalon has going on right now, I don't really know why she's taking extra time to research the Voidbringers. Seems a little silly to me. Like, she should either be figuring out how the Fabriel works or something. Like, she has more important stuff to do than try to figure out why Yasna is doing what Yasna is doing. So so I have an answer that I can okay. give you. Go on. She's a scholar. Like, despite what's happening, like, what, she, what she's tasked to do, she still likes to learn. She she really wants to know more about the world or history or whatever have you. Um. It can just be, you know, hard. Like, yeah, okay, you have a task, you have things to do. There's been plenty of times where I have work to do, and I get sidetracked doing other things. This isn't Wikipedia, Craig. Well, exactly. This is her (laughs) Wikipedia. Or it is Wikipedia. Okay. All right. I I allow it. Man, I really need to steal this Soulcaster, but I just found (laughs) a link to the link to the link to the link to the link to this (laughs) article, which is slightly connected to the thing I was interested in to begin with three hours ago. <laughs> She'd right. be that person that has like all the internet tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> um, Capsule finds her in the library and oh yeah, so Shalana is something like well, Voidbringers didn't just show up to steal people's laundry and like immediately I thought of underpants gnomes like they're not just showing up. <laughs> if you guys ever saw or saw any memes of that Every episode profit that one yeah can just imagine Voidbringers showing up <laughs> and that causes a desolation oh it's desolating me right now i can't even focus on the chapter <laughs> can you on, imagine Dave. how much desolation would happen if everyone's underwear got stolen come on craig Use your imagination. <laughs> sure, we'd all be commando all the time. Maybe, no, maybe. Got to get the <laughs> needs to check it's her assumptions. Good thing. It's a good thing we're all hoarding toilet paper then. 
You think yes. the void bringers are after our toilet paper? That's no, I mean if they're gonna think. if they're gonna take our underwear <laughs> and we're all going commando, then it's a good thing we all have toilet paper. Right, because it's okay to poop your underwear, but you don't want to poop your real pants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's the new. You just got to do. <laughs> No, please no. <laughs> That's the tagline for this book. It's so no, okay to poop your hunter. <laughs> no, I'm vetoing that. That's that's right. no that's no bueno. Alright, fine. But imagine the shirts. Like people could actually poop on their shirts. Okay, can we move on? I wanna get to the cast list. <laughs> Alright. Um so blah 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 blah. Uh, Shalana also at one point it seems like she's about to summon a shard blade, so that's kinda weird. Because she and if she has a shard blade, she must have killed somebody, right? Like that's how you get shard blades. No, that's not necessarily. Well, someone else killed some. Ah, uh, maybe. Like, her do, dad you think, get... do you think Adeline and Dalinar? Well, okay, yeah, they. Yes, <laughs> but... yes, exactly. They killed possibly Parshendi and got. But shard what about blades off of them. what? What about? Uh, doesn't Elogar have one? Yeah. Well, I guess you, you guess you could just inherit it. Like you can, you can be Dalinar given. wants to kill somebody, win a shard blade, and and give it to his his son. Right. You can win them in duels, but that's not necessarily the way to get them. They can be gifted. They oh, can, they can be made too, right? Or didn't they make new shards shards shields? They made shard shields. They don't know how to make shard oh, yeah. blades. Okay. Or but anyway, blade. Shalon seems apparently Shalon has a shard blade, and where the heck did she get that? Also, she can soul soul cast stuff in the blood, and she wasn't even wearing the soul caster. So, what the heck? Chapter 45. Are you glossing over the best scene in the book, dude? Oh, yeah. Capsaw wants a selfie. Nope. Not that one. (laughs) (laughs) Good guess. Oh, yeah. So, Shallan keeps drawing. So, remember when Shallan was drawing the King of Carbranth? She drew these little shadow figures in the background, and it kind of reminded me of the silent from Doctor Who, Matt Smith era. Uh, how, like, you see them, but you don't remember seeing them. So she, since she has these memories, she actually does draw them, and she keeps drawing them over and over again as they're chasing her uh, back to wherever she It's a bit goes freaky. Back to. Yeah, it's weird, but, like, it almost seems like they're more, they're more, like, just world hoppers that are, like, trying to figure out, like, what's the deal with Shallan? But she's really threatened by them. It's very much a horror movie sequence. No, the thing about it, if you can't see, so, or at least you don't remember seeing something, but it appears in your drawings that you know are 100% accurate, so they're there, but you can't see them, and you don't remember, like, that is freaky. You don't you don't know if they have good intentions or bad intentions, it's just yeah. like, holy crap, what the heck. Did I miss anything? It's, it's a scary. Just that this is one of my favorite scenes in, like, the whole book. Oh, I did miss that. Perfect for episode 100 of our podcast. It's such a good scene. It gives me chills every time I read it. It's great. Okay. So, so chapter 46. All right. Chapter 46. Child of Tanavast. As in, Avast, ye matey. Kaladin. Yeah, that's it exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Kaladin has a stormy dream. Odium comes. Most dangerous of all the sixteen. Good riddance. Sigzil is a world singer. Bridge for Parshman. Silfrena really hates Odium. Blue Guy saves a courtesan. Adeline can't make the meeting. Kaladin doesn't pass on the message. Hee <laughs> hee. 
chapter 46. We're back to present day Kaladin. And he has a dream about it being a storm. So, yeah, whatever that means. Uh, and in his dream, a voice tells him, Odium comes, most dangerous of all the 16. So, I guess um, we all we know that the significance of the number 16 is that it's the number of alimantic metals. And odium, it ends with eum, right? So it's got to be a metal like atium <laughs> or aluminum, right? So clearly, o- odium, aluminium. <laughs> for our European listeners, yes, aluminium. I apologize. Odium is the, the most dangerous of the sixteen alimantic metals. Uh, so I wonder if it's titanium, 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 yeah, titanium, titanium is actually odium or perhaps it just refers to shards because nah, nah, i like this theory this is a good <laughs> odium is the most dangerous of the 16 shards i'm gonna say it's probably I mean, what think that of it. means that just means he's uranium right that's a pretty dangerous metal i guess is it, it is. metal it is, i think it's considered a metal that's true it is to the well our lanthanide it's a lanthanide right hold on i'm looking this up could be an actinide <laughs> there's also radium but I don't think that's a metal. Or maybe it is a metal. It's an actinite. I'm sorry. I said it was a lanthanite. Silly me. All right. Um, yeah, radium is also an earth metal, and that's also very dangerous. <laughs> people used to like, act- eat it and use it as makeup and stuff. It was bad. These people used to eat uranium or radium? Radium. That's yeah. like where like where we get the word radius or radioactive, rather. Yeah, yeah. you give yourself a nice, <laughs> healthy glow. <laughs> yeah. It's like when people eat silver to turn blue. Yeah, they used to use it as paint, luminescent paint, as makeup. It was bad. Wasn't there an episode of Star Trek where Data had to explain what radium was because he was an android and he wasn't tying to the radioactivity? Sure. All right, and that's the end of Chapter 46. Any questions? Wait. Oh, no, it. that was the first scene of Chapter 46. Okay, so we go... We got a lot more. <laughs> Kaladin goes and takes a walk, and Riddens meant something, but I didn't write it down. Is that like the time right after a high storm? Or it's yeah, just like it's like drizzling? the shower after okay. the storm. All right. So I said, good riddance. And Sigzil is a world singer. I forget what that means. And then... A bard. He's a bard. Okay. He's a, he's a hoid. He's uh, a history bard. And then... <sighs> slaves show up, and they're Maybe like, more okay, of a culture bard? Yeah. Because it has current culture. So he has a lot of ranks and knowledge, nobility. And lore. That's different from nobility. That's true. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they get a, a new crew, a new bunch of slaves show up, and Gaz is like, I got a new Bridgman for you, Kaladin. It's a Parshman. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so a lot of <laughs> Kaladin's crew don't trust the Parshman. They either think they'll. They'll turn on them in the heat of battle because the Parshendi are seemingly related to them. But that's kind of um, brightness. What's your face's idea is like we're going to experiment on uh, Parshman Bridgeman with Bridge Four because we hate them so much. They really do. And so then Kaladin goes and takes a walk. He's like, ah, need to take a walk. And he mentions Odium to Solfrena, and she's like. Just absolutely freaks out and flies away as soon as he mentions the name Odium. And then he finds a uh, courtesan or 
If you don't know what the word courtesan means, go look it up. Uh, she is kicked Wait, out. Wait, maybe of... they shouldn't Google that. You can look it up in a dictionary. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose that our level of family friendliness, the ceiling of our family friendliness is Brandon's writing himself, and he does use the W word here, so we can use that. Yeah, but do you want to? No. So no. there's a courtesan that gets kicked out of some dude's house. She was hired to be in his house overnight. Are you happy? Now we understand what's going on. Uh, she gets kicked out and because the guy was like, oh, with my reputation, you should have been, it should have been your pleasure to be with me. And she's like, I heard about your reputation and it's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. So uh, some dudes in blue from Dalinar's army, uh, presumably Adelin himself, based on what he says next, but isn't explicitly said. Shows up and uh, begins to... Uh, the reason I think that it's actually Aladdin himself is because he begins to draw a shard blade to fight off the Sadius guards. Yeah, for some reason, there these blue dudes are here in Sadius's camp. And he's like, oh, bridge boy, referring to Kaladin. And he tosses him an emerald something that's worth a lot of oh. money. Emerald Brome. And he's like, go tell High Lord... Gla what's his face that Adeline can't make the meeting today his name doesn't matter let's be real uh, Adeline can't make his meeting today and Kaladin is like did you just call me bridge boy what's doing this I'm gonna take your money but I'm not doing your little errand and then he goes back to the lumber yard take that weird noble that I don't know the name of <laughs> it's written down somewhere probably in Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings by New York Times bestseller Oh, wait, that's what we're reading. I thought we were reading Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have anything Davish for this, or should we get into the cast list? Cast list. Cast list. Tori? Cast list. I like cast list. All right. Uh, then the way I'd like to do it this time is, Dave, I suspect that you have the least thorough mm. cast list. Yeah. If only because you don't know... Like, what characters are going to stick around and be important and need casting later? That makes sense. Uh, so why don't we run through yours, and you just, you name a character, you name who you have them as, or who who you have cast for them, and then if we have them, we'll go in order, Craig, me, Tori, and then we'll just go down the list, and then we'll move on to Craig if he has anybody you don't have, and then me if I, if I have someone that neither of you have, and then finally, Tori, if she has someone that none of us has. Sound good? Sounds That's good. Fair. I do. I would like an AFK for one minute, though. Okay. Uh, I actually have something to say as well while Dave goes AFK. Go ahead. So this is our 100th episode. We did it, guys. We've been doing this for like two-ish years. Yay. Yep. Um. So that's pretty cool. Ten tenfold. That's right. We should have we should have called it that. Ten tenfold. Um, so this is pretty exciting. And of course, I know we're not doing too much in the way of special things. We're just doing all of our little special things. Hopefully, Tori has an update on the diagram for us. Maybe. I do. Yes, I have an update. Should we do that first while we wait for Dave? No, let's let's wait okay. for Dave to get back. And then after we do castless, Tori can do her, her update to the diagram. And then once we get into spoiler area, I have a couple of things. So we got, uh, this is our 100th episode. Sorry, 10-10 fold episode. We're going to be doing our cast list in a moment. And we got diagram updates. We got some fun spoiler things, I guess. So, yeah. 
good, good times. We did it, guys. We actually have listeners. I can see them in our Discord. Yep. We have three people muted on Discord. We've got Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. We have French. And we have Dave. <laughs> Dave yes, we do. <laughs> I'm muted, so I must be a listener. All right, Dave. Uh, let's start with your first cast. Wait, I'm not muted anymore. All right, cast lists. Were we supposed to do that this week? Nope. I dropped it on you with no warning whatsoever. Oh, I forgot the guy, the bald guy. I forgot both bald guys. Anyway. <laughs> it's all right. I'm sure someone uh, All right. Um, so I'm going to do it by, like, group of people that are relevant to each other in POVs. So, first off, Hoyd. Can anybody guess who I cast as Hoyd? That's right, Woody Harrelson, because Woody Harrelson is Hoyd. <laughs> Wait, who's Hoyd? The World Hopper. And who's the World Hopper? Shakespeare, or the possibly Shakespeare. possibly Wit. I don't know. That's my theory, anyway. Let me okay. post an official, official um, Dave theories. So, am I, am I saying who I cast it as Wit? Is that how we're doing this? Yeah, I guess. All right, I cast... David Tennant as Wit. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. It, especially if he's a world hopper. <laughs> yeah. Although, but the thing is, Hoyt is Woody Harrelson, so. But he could be a more different world hopper. It's fine. Um, I'm on board with Dave's casting of Woody Harrelson as as Hoyt, and I did not cast a Wit. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to second Woody Harrelson. Uh, I like that. That's good. Um, but also, after we had that conversation the other day about how Hoyt is uh, the fool from Shakespeare, um, I also want to give a shout out to Anton Lesser, who played the fool in my favorite rendition of Twelfth Night. Um, he was also um, Kyburn in Game of Thrones, but he was he was much younger when he did the, the fool in Twelfth Night. So you can look that up later. Interesting. The only film version I saw was uh, not Shanaito Connor. Who's the other bald person? Yul Brenner. The Yul Brenner Twelfth Night. And I thought that was really weird because it was Yul Brenner playing. Never mind. All right. Next. All right. Uh, now I've gone on to the Dalinar chapters. Uh, for some reason, I wrote Nivani first. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Nivani Dalinar's sister-in-law, Meryl Streep. Wait, we're doing the bot. Hold on. Gosh, dang it. Dave, why are you jumping around? I told you I'm going to do it by Pavs. I know, but you didn't do Dalinar first. I don't know. Okay. So. Control F, Craig. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, my Navani, I did Sama Hayek. Uh, I actually cast Navani first. So I, I went with Dave on this one. Uh, and I have Mingna Wen, who was the voice of Mulan in the animated Disney movie. She was in. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she was in Stargate Universe. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's a great actress. I think she'd do a wonderful job. So, I like it. did you actually follow through on your plan to do Asian actors for everybody? For the Alethi, yeah. Good on you. I, I don't watch enough Asian things to have done that myself. Have you seen Kung Pao? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he necessarily used all the time. Right. Um, oh, he used Kung Pao for Adeline, I'm betting. Uh, so for Navani, I cast Michelle Pfeiffer because she is very queenly and I think she's awesome in everything she does. Okay. All right. Next up, Dalinar. Yeah. I got Harrison Ford. Hmm. 
I'm going somewhere with this. Relax. We would we would need to go back in time a while for Harrison Ford because he's dead. No, he just. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a movie in the past oh, over ten years where he actually looked like he wanted to be there. True. <laughs> mm. So my Dalinar is Ken Watanabe. Same. Yeah. High five. Woo. I think he would be really like he he carry he has that that presence that I totally can see down our me. So yeah. Okay. He, he looks really famous. What do I know him from? Uh He's the last samurai Godzilla. Godzilla is the answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just I like that was one of the two movies I saw in the theater last year. Uh, Inception was another big one that he was in. Yeah. Uh, so I really love Ken Watanabe for Dalinar. I'm I'm jealous of you guys. I should have thought of that. That's yeah. I I went with uh, Kurt Russell because okay. shout out to my dad. My dad doesn't listen to this, but my dad has and has had the biggest man crush on Kurt Russell for my whole life. So I saw every action movie that that man was in when I was younger, and so I can see the young Kurt Russell being. The Blackthorn. I I really can. I mean, Kurt Russell is. I think he's like siphoning all of Harrison's Ford Harrison Ford's actor energy because he keeps getting better as he gets older. Right. <laughs> I agree. Oh my gosh. What's happening? <laughs> uh, so I did have a secondary pick for Dalinar, uh, Joe Manganiello. All right. That's he like for the physical the physical look. Like he's a buff dude. And the Blackthorn, pretty, pretty buff. Manganiello. Uh, He was in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, He was in both Magic Mics. He actually does a, like, a D&D YouTube show or podcast. I don't remember. Is that the guy that has the dragon head in his basement? I don't know. There's, I, I, I think it's him. There, there's some D and D person who has like a giant replica of a, I think it's a blue dragon or a black dragon head, like mounted and stuffed in the basement where where his gaming area is. And oh, he this was dude's also got some abs. Are you sure he plays D and D? Yes, he was also <laughs> right? Flash Thompson in the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Anywho, uh, next casting, Dave. Let me get uh, Dalinar. Oh, Adelin. Um, if I have Harrison Ford as Dalinar, I guess who I have is Adelin. That's right. Adam Driver. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, my Adeline, I don't I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this. Princess Bride error, Carrie Elway. I feel good about that. I like it. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, mine is Rain, uh, who was in... Speed Racer as the Rain Wilson? No, just Rain. He's a South Korean actor. Uh he was in Speed Racer as the guy that Speed teamed up with for the for for the one that one big race. Uh and he was also the lead in Ninja Assassin. So the Speed Racer thing was sort of a a casting to see if he was good enough to be the lead in the in the next movie. I don't think I'm finding this person it's with a simple Jung, Google search. Jung Ji-hoon, his stage name is Rain. If you look up Rain Entertainer, you will find him. Or just like IMDB Ninja Assassin. But yeah, him from the Speed Racer Ninja Assassin era. That It's been a while since then, so he's probably aged. But 
I want the young him. I cast Bradley James, who played Prince Arthur in the Merlin series. Uh, I haven't seen mm. him in anything else, but he's um, he's handsome he and he has the look. And he's yeah. in the sh in that show. He was always arguing with his dad, so it, he's who I have pictured as Adolin from day one. Knowing That's nothing really about him, good, I yeah. like it. He he has the look, I think. And I, I will point out that um, Brandon Sanderson has said that Caucasian actors for Shallon and Adeline and I assume Renarin are fine because of reasons. And of course, Seth. But yeah. Seth. All right, Dave, who's next? Renarin. Okay. All right. Who do you have? I have Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, Mike. My Renarin, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> That's a coincidence. My Renarin the, is Daniel glasses, Boringcliffe. Right? But you guys get, you guys understand why I have Shia LaBeouf, right? Yes, I got it. <laughs> uh, my actual Renarin is is Osric Chow, uh, who you was know? in Supernatural. He was in he was he played Kevin, the Prophet of God, in wait, some name? of the later seasons. Um, he's been in other stuff, but well, just, what's his name? Osric. O S R I C Chow C H A U. Oh what? O S something. O S R I C C H A U. Okay, I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. I see. That works. Um, I do appreciate that Dave is sticking to a theme. <laughs> yeah. I don't appreciate the theme, but I appreciate yeah, that sticking I'm glad to he's a theme. Sticking to it is all I'm saying. Alright, Tori, who do you have? Uh I have Asa Butterfield, who played Ender in the Ender's Game movie. You're stealing uh, from Dave's theme now. Am I? What? What's Dave's theme? I haven't been paying attention. I'm sorry. Uh, actors who have played Harrison Ford's kids, which Ender was <laughs> not biologically, <laughs> not but functionally, really, but... yeah. Yeah. Wait, who? Harrison Ford was in Ender's Game? Yeah. Who that did was... he play the mom? That was the first movie that I can remember where oh, Harrison he Ford was like, the he, had, he had no desire at all to be in it. <laughs> You know, he really is the opposite of Nick Cage. Nick Cage, who will be in everything and enjoys it. All right, Dave. He looks like Frankie up. Muniz. <laughs> uh, Frankie Muniz. All right, Dave. Should have cast next. Frankie Muniz or something. Um, well, it's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of funny that you cast uh, Carrie Elways as Adeline. Because my, uh, my Sadius is Richard Lewis, <laughs> also from Princess Bride. <laughs> no, that's from uh, Men in Tights. Oh yeah, but also Carrie Always. Carrie Why Always is playing the same character functionally, but they are different movies. Right? Yeah, Richard Lewis. All right, <laughs> my Sadius is Ian McShane. Ian, Ooh. which isn't I know he is so Ian? good in everything, and it Ian? is Ian. Craig's just Ian. being Craig. <laughs> Ian, Mc Ian McShane. <laughs> Ian. <laughs> and, and, unless unless he's he's from Elantris, in, in which case it would be Ian. Oh, I Ian, actually. Ian McShane, yes, you're right. I think, has most of it down. Although, I believe in the books he described more Indian in features, but I, I don't know who to cast, so we're just I'm just going here. All right. Uh, my Sadius is Benedict Wong, who you may remember uh, from yeah. Doctor Strange and a bunch of other stuff. He's also been, like, crazy prolific, but Doctor Strange is, like, the biggest thing I think he's been in. Ooh, uh, 
Fel Knight over here in the chat says he has Jeremy Irons as Sadius. I like that. That's good, Fel Knight. That is really, really good. Jeremy Irons plays an extremely Im- like intimidating bad guy. Uh, my Sadius is Mel Gibson. Yeah, I don't want to help that guy get more acting work. Oh, he's he's. Oh, but see, you love to hate him, so it's perfect. (laughs) Got you, got me there. All right, next up, Dave. All right, uh, Kaladin. I kind of went two ways with this. Um, (laughs) What I have written down is James Roday, who you might know. (laughs) Man, you might know is Sean Spencer from Psych. But there's a kid version of him, so that's why it works. Uh, my other choice was possibly Mike Sierra, because you could cast him as a 20-year-old and a 15-year-old, and it could be him in both roles. I don't true. believe Michael Sarah as any sort of action-y dude ever. What about Scott Pilgrim? He was a video game action-y dude. I didn't actually believe that he was capable of punching a person without breaking his entire arm. <laughs> Uh, so my Kaladin is Riz Ahmed, who's from Rogue One. He's like, isn't he the... Is that the pilot? Not the pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he's in a bunch of other things, but I don't, I don't know. Just from Rogue One. I saw Rogue One. I saw Um, the other one. I saw the solo one, but not the Rogue One one. Alternatively, also from Rogue One, Diego Luna would be Kaladin, maybe. Maybe. I like Diego Luna a little better than Riz Ahmed. Yeah, he has more of the physical attributes, I think, for Kaladin. Though, seeing him in, like, regular clothes, I feel like he right. could do it better than, than the way he was dressed up in Rogue One. Sure. Yeah, right. I'm, I can get down with that. Uh, my Kaladin is Brian T., who is in Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Uh, he was Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. I know him. From the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. He was DK, Drift King. Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I cast uh, Charlie Heaton, who is Jonathan from Stranger Things. I don't know if he could pull off the action-y stuff, but I think he would get the moody, broody, depressed pit part right. That's really good. I do like that one. Yeah, uh, and guess who I cast as TN? <laughs> for my Brian T, he'd have to be, like, past Brian T because he is now visibly far too old to play a 20-year-old, but I still stand by it. Anywho, uh, Dave, next up. Let's go with Sylphrena, voiced by Tara Strong. (laughs) Yeah. That's really good and pretty close to what I have. Yes. Craig? And remember, all of the Spren are anime characters, so Tara Strong, I think, fits the bill really well. I I could be funny and pick, uh, Crap. Hold on a second. I can, I can be funny and pick Julia Roberts for reasons. Yeah, we're not remaking Hook here. <laughs> well, it did cross my mind, out. though. Yeah. That's no, all you're going to get out of it. Yeah. So do you have someone for Syl? Yeah, Julia Roberts. Sylphrena. Okay. Julia Roberts. For my Sylphrena, uh, I have Ashley Birch as a voice for her. You guys know who Ashley Birch is? Uh, help? Uh, she voiced Tiny oh, Tina Alloy. in... The Borderlands games and like a ton of other stuff, but I know her from from Borderlands. Yeah, she's Alloy in Horizon Zero Dawn. Cool, Tori. Um, I cast a young lady named Grace Vanderwall, who 
I have not seen in anything else before except that Disney Plus just did an adaptation of a book called Stargirl that I really enjoyed like 20 years ago. And she played Stargirl. And she's just a cute little thing with an adorable voice. If she's who I'm thinking of, then she won America's Got Talent a few years ago and my wife really likes her. I've never watched that. And yeah, I, think, I think that's who it is. Yep, that's who it is. Uh, all right, Dave, next up. All right, next up we have Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore and cast as Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. I have Akuma from the Street Fighter series, but also possibly Ganondorf or Dwayne Johnson as Ganondorf <laughs> as Numuhuku Makiaki yeah, Ayalunamore. I think we already yeah. agreed it's Ganondorf <laughs> as played by The Rock. <laughs> right. Yep, that's who I've got. Yep, <laughs> Dwayne the Johnson Rock. Uh, all right, next up. All right, next up I have Tef, Kaladin's left-hand man, and I think you all know who I cast as Tef. Any guesses? Oh, is that your Jeff Bridges? That's right, it's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> that is not who I had for Jeff Bridges. Interesting. Uh-oh, I didn't cast Tef. Uh, I had Christopher Maloney, who plays Elliot on Law and Order SVU. And Happy. He's really good in Happy. Chris Verlaume. Chris Maloney. Uh, but my Teft is Sung Kang, uh, who played Han from various Fast and Furious films, starting with Tokyo Drift. I really liked Tokyo <laughs> Drift, you guys. <laughs> so, you had to find a bunch of Asian actors and you just watched Tokyo Drift. <laughs> No, I have watched Tokyo me. Drift many times because it's my favorite Fast and Furious movie, uh, and I happen to know that a couple of those actors would, I think, fit well in a couple of these roles. You know, I nice. distinctly remember getting all of my names off of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> and getting Mike in trouble for it? it. Yeah. Yes, exactly! Mm -hmm. What's up with but that? Mike Double is the host. <laughs> I've pulled two names from that movie, calm down. So far. No, total. Alright, uh, next I have Lopen. I uh, wrote George Lopez. Boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. My, my, the Lopen is Michael Pina. Michael yes. Pina. I can see it. Mm-hmm. That's not bad, but I think I've got you beat. That's fine. Uh, my, the Lopen, based on the accents used in the audiobooks, <laughs> is Taika Waititi. That's who I have, too. Taika Waika? Taika Waititi, uh, he directed and starred in Thor Ragnarok, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I know he that directed, I don't know if he was in Hunt for the Wilder People, because I didn't watch more than about five minutes of it. Uh, this guy has two arms, can't use him. You know, they have I ways to I think we can work around that. that, yeah. Put a green sleeve on him, just like that song, the old folk song. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, so, who's next, Dave? Uh, that's it for my bridge dudes. You guys have any more bridge dudes? Just let's just do your list. Who else? All do you right have? then. Uh, next I have Shalon, and that is Jeanette McCurdy, who you might remember as the friend from iCarly. That's not bad. I have no idea if she can act in things that are good, but like visually, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure how I feel about my Shalon. Uh, I have Rose Leslie. She was Ygritte in. I'm probably saying that wrong. In Game of Thrones, apparently she's in Downton Abbey. I bet Tori knows who that is. I know who it is. Uh, I cast Sophia Lillis from the It remake because um, she's a redhead, and that's who I thought of. 
I cast a young Kate Mara. And I just heard Craig typing to try to figure out who she is. Well, yeah, okay. Type quiet like me. I know I know who she is. Like, once I look up the name, I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen her. She was in uh, Fantastic Four. Okay, Fantastic Four and The Martian. <gasps> That's right. She's the, the, the girl who watches the, the info. Yeah. I almost wanted to go with uh, Karen Gillan, but I think she's a little too old, even in Doctor Who, a little too old to be Shalon. All right, who's next, Dave? Dave's not next. Yasna is next. And as Yasna, I have Portia de Rossi. And don't think Arrested Development. Think better off Ted, Portia de Rossi. Yeah, I can see that. That's not bad. Craig? Uh, okay. I'm butchering this name. Nazanin Banadi. Yes, she you was... did, in fact, butcher that name. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but I'm sure that's not She's it. He's an Iron Man. It's a cameo, apparently. I don't know. I don't really know who she is, but I saw her look and I'm like, yeah, that works. Oh, she's in How I Met Your Mother. Anyway, I just think she has the look. So that's what I went with. All right. Yeah. Uh, my Yasna is Maggie Q, who, as with a lot of the actors that I've picked, has been in a bunch of stuff. But I know her from Mission Impossible 3. How do you even spell her name? Maggie, you, like the letter. M-A-G-G-I-E, and then the letter Q. Wait, really? Okay. Yeah. Got it. As soon as I typed the letter Q, it was the first thing that came up. I didn't realize it was Q and not like C-U-E or something. No, it's it's short for a longer, more difficult to pronounce name, so she just <laughs> short for Maggie Q. Her Asian yeah. name. Got it. I cast Kobe Smolders. I do know right. her. That's not bad. I, I have to forget the last half of How I Met Your Mother when they turned her character into the one who screams a lot yeah i never finished that show i'm remembering her from the marvel movies where she's got that resting bee face that i imagine yasna would have <laughs> and and she's competent and she talks smack to tony stark yeah that that works we're just gonna call it rjf from now on resting yasna face all right dave <laughs> who's next all right who indeed next i have Liren. And depending on the choice for Kaladin slash Kaladink, we can either do Jason Bateman or Corbin Burnson. Boo. Additional <laughs> boo. I don't know what to do. So I'm many not, boos. I'm bad at movies. Yeah, I hear that, Dave. I'm with you. But Corbin <laughs> no, Burnson would knock it out of the Mike park, though. Yeah. Down. Who you cast is who you cast. I did not cast Leering. I also didn't. Tori? I cast Stanley Tucci. Because I love Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah. It's possible I've cast him as something else already in the past. I don't remember. But yeah, he, he, he'd he be a good Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. I like okay. Corbin Burnson. Cool. All right, Dave. Next up. Phil Johnson, the theologian. What did you say? Go ahead, Dave. You're next. Um, Kaladink. <laughs> I just wrote Mike Is it spirit. Young Sean? <laughs> it's Young Sean slash Mike. Wait, wait which season? I don't on? know. Okay, of all of them. They were time traveling, so there's. So. I will say that the the one actor who played Young Sean is uh, oh, where's his name? Liam James. Yeah, that's him. He did the bulk of it. There were like yeah, he four Young Shawns. Liam James Roday. And then he went to go do movies like way way back. Yep. For example, which has Sam Rockwell on it. Uh, there was like one young Gus who was there for the whole series. Yes. Same young Gus all the time. It's so good. Well, you know what they say. No. No. Go on. Oh, I'm not going to say it, but they say it. Okay. 
Tori, do you have a young Sean? Or not young Sean, uh, Kaladink? <laughs> yes. Do you have a young no. Sean? <laughs> no. No, to both of those. I I, I have neither. All right. Uh, I don't, Craig. I assume you don't either. No, I don't. Okay. Then keep going, Dave. Uh, Tien. And as I was reading all these Kaladink chapters and Tien was talking the like, all I could think of was Prince Ezrin from the Dragon Prince. So that's my choice for Tien, Prince Ezrin. I like it. Craig? I didn't cast Tien. Yeah, same. I, I blanked on him. Uh, I have uh, Noah Schnapp, who plays Will from Stranger Things. I actually came up with it independently of casting Jonathan as Kaladin, but I like it. Hmm. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay. All right, Dave? I feel like we're we're getting close to the end here. What else you got? And that's the end of chapter cast list. Yeah. All right, Craig, who do you have that we didn't cover yet? And who Zeth. did you cast Jeff Bridges as? No one. Zeth. What? I cast Zeth as Daniel Wu. Who is that? Who is that indeed? Uh, he's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just think he has a look, so I went with him. I'm trying to look to see if there's anything here. Apparently he played Gul'dan in Warcraft. And he's in Tomb Raider as Lou Ren, whoever that is, in the Tomb Raider 2018 movie. He's He does a lot of, like, a lot of flick and stuff. He's a Hong Kong American actor. Okay, I would like to point out now that the Alethi are described with Asian yeah, I features. I know. Zeth is specifically not described that way. I understand. I just He has big eyes. I thought he was an anime character. Well, yes. from their perspective, yeah. Basically. So, yes, I realize I went the other way, but, you know, I think that's okay. We go the other way instead, right? All right. I, I casted a bunch of Asian, well, I tried to Asian I mean, actors. if they ever did make a show or a movie of it, let's be honest, that's what they would do because Hollywood. I, yeah, know, I know, but I can I can try to be better. All right, but uh, I, I would think I would need someone who's a martial art American. I don't know. Mike? Who's Seth? Uh, Zeth is Ray Park. Right. Like, I can't think of anyone better than Ray Park for this, and he would be absolutely perfect. Do you know who Ray Park is, Craig? Apparently he's Darth Maul. Among many, many, many other things, yes, he is Darth Maul. He's like, like an expert martial arts weapons guy who does all of the weapons things in all of the movies. And okay. generally is wearing enough makeup or like a mask or something that you can't recognize his features from one movie to another. But if there's someone who fits that description in a movie, there's a good chance it's Ray Park. Okay. Um, I I Tori? also had uh, I had a set. So I cast Joey Beatty, who plays Yaskier in The Witcher, um, because I was going for that wide-eyed, innocent, childlike appearance that he's supposed to have when he's not killing everything. Yeah. Because we can get a stunt double for all the killing stuff, but when he's not killing, he needs to look all innocent and harmless. He's like Aang. That's all right. Yeah. Um, I wonder how he would look with a shaved head, though. I think it would just make those pretty blue eyes of his even whiter. With a shaved head and holding his hand along against his face, that's how he has to look all the time. Yeah. This, there's some dudes who just cannot pull off a shaved head, and some of those dudes go bald, and it's a tragedy. So I anyway, casted yes. Amaram. Yep, I have an Amaram. Uh, mine is a Knight's Tale error, Rufus Sewell. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I have 
and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation here, Hiroyuki Sanada, uh, who has been in all sorts of stuff, including Avengers Endgame. He's the guy that Hawkeye tracks down at his, like, introduction thing. Uh, He was also in Sunshine and, like, a million other things. He, He is also super prolific. I cast Lee Pace because of his firm, authoritative voice. That's also extremely good. Um, all right, Craig, got anything else? Um, I cast a Gavilar. Same. And here we go. I I know he's been cast before, but whatever. Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, I went with Ken Watanabe because I figured Dalinar and Gavilar probably look similar enough that you can just slap a beard on him and, and have him do double duty. No, just cast the same guy. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a Gavilar. All right. Uh, anyone else, Craig? Uh, that's it for me. Okay. Um, I haven't been checking things off as we've been going, so I'm just going to run down my names, and if you hear one that we haven't done yet, let me know. Uh, so Navani we did, Dalinar we did, Zeth we did, Adolin, Kaladin, Rock, the Lopin, Sadius, Gavilar, Teft, Shalon, Renarin. That's my page one. Silfrena, Yasna. We didn't do a Teravangian. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I have a Teravangian. Okay, give me your Teravangian. Jonathan Price. Ah, uh, that was my Jeff Bridges, was Teravangian. Mm. Uh, Who's that again? The old king in Carbranth. Oh, uh, okay. I did Ian McKellen. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Uh, next up I have a Sigzil. Anyone else got a Sigzil? I do not have a Sigzil. I have a Sigzil. Uh, my Sigzil is Leslie Odom Jr., who, among many, many other things, was the original casting for Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Mm. The musical? Yep. Okay. There is a musical about Alexander Hamilton? Apparently it's really good. Tori, go ahead. I have William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. Also very, very good. Although I worry about him getting typecast a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we did Amaram. I can just imagine. <laughs> it's cheaty. As as uh yeah, I could I could 100% see that. Uh, I have Amaram, which we've done. Capsule, I have a capsule. I I don't. I do. Uh, I have young Carl Urban. Yes, that would be wonderful. Because he's really cute. Uh, Carl Urban does like nerdy stuff constantly in his acting. Uh, and Capsule is described as having a faint Herdazian accent, which translated by the audiobooks is New Zealander. <laughs> nice. Uh, I cast. I'm not sure how to say his name. Uh, Mena Masoud, Masoud, uh, who's the new Aladdin. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, I have one last thing, which is seven of the younger male light eyes around Adolin's age uh, should be played by the K the K pop boy band group BTS. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Like, no specific castings, because it doesn't matter. You just throw these seven at it, and they're they're just the the, the Adolin's peer group, <laughs> basically. Yeah. One of them's got blue hair. Gotta have blue hair. You can have blue hair. So so did no one do gas? I, I didn't have gas. a gas. That's good. All right, Tori, take us home. All right. So for gas, since we just mentioned him, uh, John Bernthal from yeah, The Walking see that. Dead. I can definitely see that. he's He's got that weaselly look to him. And we did Kaladink and Tien and Liren, but nobody else had a Hasina. 
sexist, you guys. Sexist. Hey, I didn't even do Liren, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I skipped Liren really and Taladin. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, uh, it, it's funny because when I was uh, scrolling through IMDb, like, okay, actors, actors, actors. See, I find the actor that I haven't used yet, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I could cast them as so-and-so. Um, and the list kept giving me all women and i'm like there's only like four girls in this book are you kidding me <laughs> so does it pass that test oh yeah shalon and yasna talk a lot about not dudes that's true so hasina uh famke jensen yeah right i could see that fancy uh, jensen indeed uh she I was have... in, in the original um x-men trilogy she was mm. jean gray uh, okay oh she was also um that james bond from golden eye yeah russian, russian lady yeah uh, so I have a Roshone, um, James Spader. Current James Spader, past James Spader, what are we talking about here? Um, current, mostly current. All right, I could, I could see that. Um, then I have Elicar, um, Hugh Dancy, who plays Will on Hannibal. I meant to cast an Elicar, and I blanked on it. But yeah, because that's really good. I think Hugh Dancy, he's pretty, and he looks capable, but... <laughs> He could act like he's not capable. I'm sure he could. <laughs> um, Moash. Wes Chafem? Chafem? He plays Amos on The Expanse. I have watched two episodes of The Expanse. I know. I need Which to. Which character more. is this again? Chatham? Wait. Moash, he's one of the Bridgemen. I gotcha. Um, I have a voice of the Stormfather, uh, Graham McTavish. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, he voices Dracula in the Netflix Castlevania anime. He was also uh, the Saint of Killers from Preacher on AMC and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. On, but yeah. He's on Outlander, and he was he was the 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 warrior Hobbit uh, dwarf from the Hobbit. The, the really <laughs> Hobbit dwarf. Yeah, the the really the the tallest of the dwarves, the strong one. Gloin Bomber. Uh, yeah, all the names run together. Uh, <laughs> and then my very last character that I cast, you guys, very last one, I have, and and this is just because I enjoy that chapter so much, Axie's the Collector. Huh. And I'm going to go with Timothy Oliphant. That's really good, but now that I'm thinking about Axie's the Collector, I definitely have someone I want to cast, and I can't remember his name. Give me like two minutes. <laughs> and and that's all I had for my cast list. I could see it. Doug Jones. Doug Jones for Axies, Axies the Collector. Uh, Doug Jones in Hellboy, he played Abe Sapien, although he was his character was dubbed over by that one dude from Frasier. David Hyde Pierce? Yes, uh, but basically everybody involved threw a fit about it, and he was uncredited. Uh, but yeah, Doug Jones is... A freakishly tall, skinny dude uh, who has been cast in movies over and over and over again as the weird-looking tall, skinny monster. So, like, that's that's his whole, like, IMDb page is whatever monster in whatever movie happens to be weird and tall and skinny. He like, reminds me of Silence of the Lambs guy. In Pan's Labyrinth, he was uh, the pale man. That's the creepy dude with the eyes and the hands, right? Yep. So, yeah, but that's that's like his whole deal is you you need a tall, skinny dude to play a, a creepy looking monster. 
well, you don't have to use CGI or much in the way of, of special effects. You can just cast this dude. Dead hand. But yeah, I think Doug Jones would do really well as as Axie. Yes. All right. Uh, do we have anything else for Dave or are we done with, with Dave time? I think we're done with Dave. Wait, no. No, we're not. No, no. Uh, what? We, we have we a need, thing. Tori, you have a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, the diagram. Oh. Go on. Give us an update on the diagram, Tori. I had I had to grab the notebook. It was it was behind me. Okay. From the diagram, book of the hall closet, third shelf between the light bulbs and the smoke detector batteries. Uh so this is a short update because it actually hasn't been that long since our last update, but I, I did go ahead and look over everything. Um when last we checked in, uh, which was after uh Warbreaker. Um our recording schedule had us finishing Stormlight 5 um, somewhere between March of 2024 and uh, June of 2025. Um, since we've done some extra episodes since then, we will now finish between February of 2024 or Ooh. April of 2025, which is a little closer to the original diagram. Now, the original diagram... Um, had us finishing between November of 2023 and April of 2025. Uh, you might also notice that as the recordings go on, the gap between our um, realistic and idealistic projected dates is getting a little smaller. Um, the original diagram had episode 100, that's this one, happening Ooh. between March 22nd and July 12th. So we're still on schedule for that. So yay. Um, and another thing is that uh, recording all these extra episodes during the coronavirus uh, should also have um, recreated the gap between when the when we make the recordings and when we air them. So for the longest time, we've been running a gap of about 16 weeks. Uh, this past spring, it has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and it was getting down to like 11 and 12 weeks. And um, now these episodes that we've recorded haven't started airing yet, but we can project that maybe we'll get our buffer back up to 16. Mm. And that's all I had um, worthy of note. Did you guys have any questions? Uh, are so, you still counting on Mistborn 2.4 taking place uh, early or late? Or does it um, not matter? So we haven't had any further news on that. I uh, I did change my projections um, after Warbreaker because we had had the state of the Sanderson since then. Um, you know, originally I thought we'd get another Mistborn book before we got another Stormlight book, but it's really looking like that's not going to be the case because we have a release date for the Stormlight book and not for the Mistborn book. So uh, that was something that I changed, changed last time I updated the diagram, but I, I haven't changed it since then. Okay. Uh, I think that's everything we need Dave here for. All right, Dave, thank you for joining us for this 100th episode extravaganza. Oh, oh, and the other thing I was going to say was um, we can assume that this coronavirus thing isn't going to last very long because I didn't predict it. And you know what we say, you can't predict the short fiction. Hmm, that must be a Brandon thing. No, that's that's a Tory saying, but yeah. <laughs> with regards to the diagram, you can't predict the short fiction. Hmm. All right. Yep. Let's let's D Dave ourselves.
Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye, Dave. And Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, so something I wanted to talk about, because there is a, a cool little art splash page uh, at the beginning of these chapters on the history of man on Roshar. But I forgot to bring my book down, and I don't have it in front of me, so maybe I'll save that for next time. No. We're also like an hour and a half into recording. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just, I can keep it brief. Um, so we finally get the name of Honor, his holder, which is Tanavas. Yep. Uh, and of course we get a reference. Finally, we know Odium is the shard to beware of in this series. Uh, this is in chapter 46. We finally get that. And I'm not sure if Dave picked up on the fact that Honor is also one of, like, he's called, he's called a child of Honor. So I don't know if Dave picked up that that's the other shard. So we'll have to see if Dave eventually figures out. I do want to ask right. him at the I, end of the book. I don't think I don't think he's noticed um, because it refers to Odium as the most dangerous of the sixteen. It never says the word shard. Um, well, no, he figured out it means shard. He he knows Odium means shard. That's what he was talking about when he described Odium. Right, but like you were saying, the about honor being the other one. Right. So I do want to ask him at the end of the book how many shards he thinks are involved in this system. Because we know three, and I think cultivation is referenced in the book as well. Um, but I don't know if he has picked up that these are capital names of shards here yet. So we'll have to say. Um, but we get some more cryptic drawings, which is Mike's favorite part. Uh, it's the best scene of the book. Here. It's so good. They are chasing Shalon because, I mean, she has bonded with Pattern already, but she sort of, she had to hide it. Well, she, like, unbonded herself. him. Right. So more than likely, they're, the cryptics are going after Shallan to try to find Pattern. Unless Pattern... Well, no, Pattern's involved, though, because she talks to him. That's how she goes into Shadesmar. Like, she does a trade. So, I mean, I, the, Pattern's around. That's the point. Pattern is around. The creepiness of this scene gets undermined at the beginning of the next book. When, when we have Pattern, who has gone stupid, and, like, jumping off the bed. And, right. Yeah. But, but... On its own, this scene is super creepy, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, some other stuff. So Dave picked up that Shallan has a shard blade. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good eye. Which, I don't remember if I got it my first read-through, but I definitely picked up on it, like, my second, before um, before the second book had come out. I, I had definitely picked up on that, which was why I was so eager to learn more about Shallan. Like, in each of these books... I have a favorite character and a character I want to learn more about. And, like, each book has a separate two people of that. And Shallan was my character I want to learn more about going into book two. Okay. Um, so one one big thing is that the ep epigraph for chapter 45, I believe, has the first naming uh, in this book of an unmade. Uh, yeah, I think you might be right. And um, that was one of the things that caught my eye, because you remember in the previous episode, I was talking about Amaram bonding with the Unmade, and um, that was the one right yep. there. Yelignar. And, um, mm -hmm. 
And um, but also there was appears right after the Amaran chapter. Right. And there was also more mention. uh, I think it was in that chapter of Voidbringers stealing our hearts. Mm hmm. So, uh, oh. Dave hasn't quite picked up on Voidbringers yet, like, why they uh, thing, but he'll he'll get it, eventually, because Yasna is researching the Voidbringers. Okay, when Kaladin has the dream thing where he's riding the High Storm, yeah. he's seeing things that are actually happening. Correct. That he could have zero information about, uh, such as Zeth committing a, a mass assassination. Right. Um... That, I believe, was in Jakhavid. I don't think there yet, because we actually get to see that one from Seth's point of view later. Well, he's killing a bunch of nobles there. It's not just the king. Okay, but the the big assassination in Jakhavid, I don't think, has happened yet. Anyway. Agreed. Yes, agreed. Anyway, how how is he doing this? A. Stormfather. And then B, why doesn't he ever do it again? Stormfather wanted to send him a message. He wanted to. He he noticed there was a budding night radiant. Um, definitely. I mean, for all we know, Yasna has also gotten something similar. Stormfather uh, is doing the equivalent of like when a young man goes to pick up a young woman for a date, and her dad is sitting on the porch polishing his shotgun. <laughs> yeah, that's what Stormfather's doing. It is because true. He's, he's being all protective of Sil. Oh my god. That is that is it. That's it. I I can accept that. (laughs) Yeah, but it's Stormfather. Oh, also, this is the introduction of Shen, uh, who is also how do you pronounce his real name? Isn't it Relaine? Relaine. There we go. Who is also Relaine? Who is actually a Parshendi sent to spy on the Alethi? So how convenient that they got him. Uh, Which I I think Parshman. I think some one of the bridgemen actually brings up what if he's a Parshendi spy? Yeah, they do. Which is which is very funny to me with with proper knowledge. But but this is a good thing cuz he bonds with Bridgefor. I mean, he he does not become a fused or anything like that. He's he's one of the good guys, right? If I well, recall correctly. Yes. And he I don't know exactly how it would work him. for him because he's a Parshendi, but he might actually turn out he might actually end up being a windrunner. Right. So he's actually pretty important. I suspect we're going to see a lot of him in Rhythm of War. And think of how it would have turned out for everybody if he had been uh, sold as a parchment to uh, literally anyone else. Yeah. Well, there might be if he might not be the only spy, right? Oh, he definitely wasn't. But the everyone else would almost certainly have been taken by the height or by the uh, by the Everstorm. Right. Yeah, I feel like. There was very few who were not taken by the Everstorm. Um, right. I, th- I thought there was something else I had, but I guess not. There's a couple things I want to. Okay, I want to point out one thing just so we can keep an eye out mutually. Uh, this is probably going to be more for Words of Radiance, but there is a world-hopping Chondra somewhere on Roshar. Yeah, so, that's basically impossible to spot unless it's explicitly pointed out to us. Right, well, so... Here's the thing, guys. Um, I know this is my rereading of Alloy of Law, uh, because it's mentioned that the the det- or the chief of the police district he he's actually Condra at the end. He was replaced by Condra, but there's little bits and hints that he's not quite the same as he was before. But for our purposes, looking for this Condra, um, 
good things to keep an eye out for are perhaps people who don't have any hair in some way because Chandra can't make their own hair. They need to actually use hair from the body. And given that this is after uh, Harmony is a thing, but not this is not this is not era two. This takes place sometime after Mistborn era one. The Catacendra. Um, so more than likely, unless there's a dead body somewhere, the Chandra would have to either make up their own body or something like that. Point is, look for people who could be bald or hairless. Those are ardents. Ardents are typically bald. Um, there are some, and when they pop out, I will try to remember and point them out. Like I said, I think Words of Radiance is where we will see them, is my suspicion. But look for key people who are near the main core, core especially Dalinar um, and Navani, because they're doing some big, important things. So keep an eye out, guys. There is a world-hopping Chandra. We'll try to find them. And and the Chandra is female. Not that that means anything, because they can be male, but we know it's a female Chandra. So there you go. All right. Uh, does anyone have anything else? Not I guess me. Not. Okay. Then I guess let's call it here. Just short of an hour 45. Probably closer to an hour and a half after I cut out silences. Hooray. Bye, everybody. Happy Bye. episode 100, everybody. Here's to 100 Ooh. more. Bye, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.